With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Gapiku Show is a live broadcast aimed at empowering our community to live fuller and healthier lifestyles in mind, body, and soul. Our mission is to redefine community culture through open dialogue on the mental, physical, emotional, and physical health issues impacting Latino people in the United States today. It's 2015, and you're listening to The Capicu Show. My name is George Torres, and I want to take a moment to welcome you and thank you for joining us on our first broadcast of 2015. Tonight is all about new beginnings, transformation, and attaining your goals. And if you're listening to this, it's probably because you made a New Year's resolution to make changes, and this show is all about change. It's all about empowerment. It's all about creating solutions through dialogue. So I want to preface the show by letting you know that we are here to work this out together, all right? There's so many ways you can connect with the show tonight. I want to make sure that you have them all before we get started. The first way is by calling us. You could actually ask questions, talk to our guests, give us your comments, concerns, etc. cetera. Uh, you can call 646-746, I'm sorry, 646-716-7745. Again, that's 646-716-7745. And you could also join Blog Talk Radio and take advantage of our great community features. We have uh, a community chat room that you could um, link into. And once you get into that chat room, you could ask questions there and connect with other people. If you create a profile, you can connect socially and talk to people and even follow other podcasts that are available on Blog Talk Radio. You could also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is Capicu Culture, and it does everything. It talks about everything and everything that we do about our community involvement, uh, poetry, live community events, uh, initiatives, theater shows, I mean, you name it, and we do it. Um, so tonight, tonight we're going to be talking about health specifically, and, and one of the reasons why we're having this conversation tonight, besides our renewed commitment to Proyecto Health, which is my personal initiative on social media to raise awareness, is because there are some very interesting numbers that came out of the American um, Health Rankings. And the American Health Rankings is basically an organization who puts together a lot of data concerning the, overwhel- the overwhelming, the, an overview of our community well-being. And they, they break it down by states and, and, and cities, et cetera. And some very interesting numbers came out. So when they released their results, they provide us historic and comprehensive data of how we measure up when it comes to health in our communities across the country. The interesting thing about the data is that we really don't know what to do with it as individuals. Like, you know, I could look at it all day, but I don't know how it affects me. 
I personally had a lot of health setbacks over the last couple of years, so I've been very curious about what the American Health Ranking has to say about our community and how healthy we are. So I thought we could find some value in discussing some of the common denominators that exist across the country as far as our communities when it comes to health. Um, I managed to get my hands on the infographics. Those infographics are available at sofritoforyoursoul.com. The article is called A Quick Snapshot of Hispanic Health in America. So one of the things that we learned is that as far as Hispanic populations go, Texas, California, New Jersey, and New York have all seen significant improvements in their rankings over the last year. Colorado specifically is the top 10 Hispanic popular is one of the top 10 Hispanic populated areas that has the healthiest uh population holding down the number 8 spot of overall American cities uh with Hispanic populations. So congratulations to Colorado. <laughs> Um, some of the other things that we saw out of it was that our obesity rate increased 7% in the last year um, with uh, 31, 31.4% of Hispanics making us actually one of the highest obesity rates of any racial group in the country. So with that said, that's kind of like the, what the problem is for the most part. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking to a very special guest, somebody who I've known for going on almost eight years now. She's been um, a big supporter of Capicul culture since day one. She was one of our first performers, if not at the first, if definitely the second showcase. She was actually also one of our first guests on the radio show when we started this show about seven years ago. Um, so we're going to be talking to her in a little while about how she's changed her life through healthy living and how she's retaining her culinary culture without giving in to some of the, um, the things that I guess we as uh as individuals kind of uh, don't really think about. She has a higher uh, level of consciousness when it comes to food. So we're going to talk to her in depth about that. Um, she has been an author of cookbooks. She's, I mean, she's just an amazing. She's a new mommy. Uh, she wants to be a bikini fitness model. So we're going to talk to her in detail about what she's done to uh, to make those changes and how she could help us do the same. So with that said, again, the number here to call if you want to be part of our show tonight, if you have any questions about uh, about the show or directly to uh, Belinda when she gets on, the number is 646-716-7745. And with that, we're going to go to a quick break. And when I come back, we'll be talking to Melinda. And I'm going to get us started with a little bit of happy music. How about that? All right. Some happy music to start the year. Here we go.
la vida es un carnaval by Celia Cruz, que descanse en paz. Uh, we love Celia around here. <laughs> and I think that that's one of uh, Melinda's favorite songs. But I uh, definitely want to welcome you back to the Copy Cool Show. This is a broadcast, a live broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. That's all about empowering uh, ourselves as Latinos uh, in terms of our emotional, mental, physical, and fiscal health. Um, I welcome you back. It's 2015. It's a very exciting time. Uh, just before the break, we had a quick conversation about uh, the quick snapshot of Hispanic Health in America report that we posted on com, and I thought it's a good way to frame today's conversation about health. Um, my guest, uh, like I said, is very special to the show. Um, she's somebody who's been a long-time listener. Um, she has been a supporter of the overall movement. Her name is Melinda Gonzalez. She's an author of two cookbooks, a mom, aspiring bikini fitness model, a certified step kickboxing instructor, and a healthy living consultant. She's been featured in Latina Magazine as well as Yes Magazine. She's currently redesigning her online fitness course for mommies, and you can see that at ByeByeBabyFat.com. Melinda has dedicated her life to food security for all people, food justice, food rights, health, fitness, and wellness, and she is here with us tonight. I want to welcome the beautiful, my good friend, Melinda. Melinda, how are you? I'm good. Welcome I'm here with Artemis. Happy Kusha again. <laughs> Thank hi, you. Artemis. Thank you for having me. You want to say hi? Absolutely. Yeah, hi. <laughs> hi. Oh, my gosh. She's so cute. Um, so, Melinda, I, I want to thank you. you. You've been on the show before, um, and and you've been involved with Capicu in different ways over the years. Um, so, first of all, I want to thank you for all of your support over the last eight years, and specifically seven years with this show. Um the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because um, during the last couple of years, I, I've been ha- I personally suffered. Um, that are close friends and one of the many people from outside of my friend circle that have reached out to me and offered me assistance when they really needed it the most. So thank you for that. Um, and the reason why is because you went through your own journey. So I kind of wanted to invite you here tonight to talk a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today and how you became Organic Melinda. I wanted the whole superhero story. Um, so I wanted to welcome you for for that purpose. And, uh, and I guess just to get into it, I guess. Um, so why don't we talk, to kind of frame the conversation a little better, why don't we talk a little bit about who you were before Organic Melinda? <laughs> who I was before. Poeta um, Guerrera, right? Um, so... I I started doing organic Melinda really in 2012, 13, 2013, right? I think. <laughs> um, okay. I started actually, um, you know, I have my degree in anthropology and I've been a researcher. You know, I'm a poet. I do a lot of different things for the community. And I was taking, I was part of Francesca Escota Zavala. I was part of her beta group. And at that point, I was doing research and editing. And so I was trying to launch, really sort of get to the next level with my research and editing business. And as much as, you know, I'm an academic and, you know, I'm a college professor and a scholar and all of this stuff, you know, um, Francesca and I were talking one day and she was like, you're not really passionate about this whole research and editing thing. She was like, you do it. You're good at it, 
but you can't shut up about food. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so at that point, I had started doing research about genetically modified food. And, um, you know, I had, I had had Artemis. And I've been a vegetarian since I was 10 years old and a vegan since I was 14. So I've always kind of been aware of food and food conscious. But when I became a mother, it became a whole different thing. You know, now it was like, you know, I was nourishing my child. And food became a whole other thing for me. So it really started, you know, with me wanting to make sure that Artemis had the best start in life that she could. And I I breastfed her, and I'm still breastfeeding her. And, and that's how, how it started. I wanted to make sure that my breast milk was, not, you know, the best milk that I could give her. And then I started reading about genetically modified food. And initially, that's how Organic Melinda started. It was about teaching people about, you know, how to eat, you know, GMO-free, providing them with information, and, you know, letting them know that you could eat healthier on a budget. So that's really how it started. And then it has grown into a full-out sort of health and wellness business endeavor with still that, you know, community element to it that I want to make accessible to all different kinds of people. That's awesome. So let's rewind for one second. Uh, You talked about GMO foods. A lot of people on the show may not know what GMO uh, foods are. So can you give us a little quick description of what that looks like and why it's bad? Okay, so GMO foods, they're genetically modified foods. And um, what what that means is, okay, so there's this confusion in the community about farmers hybriding food versus genetically modifying food. So when farmers were hybriding food, they would have two plants that were sort of similar, and they would put them in the same place, and the plants would create like a hybrid. One of the most popular hybrids are um, seedless watermelons, right? So seedless watermelons, they're not genetically modified. Right, it's just that farmers breeding the watermelon, they were able to create a watermelon that doesn't have seeds. Now, genetic modification is a whole different thing. It's taking two different species and putting them together. So, for example, the first thing that was ever, the first genetically modified um, food that was put in the market was a genetically modified tomato. So what they do with genetic modification is that they take like different elements, genes, from, let's say, a fish, and they put that gene into a tomato or into a strawberry or into, a you know, a different fruit. Um, the the biggest issue with genetic modification, it's, it's a problem on different levels, right? First, it's the fact that we don't know what this does to our body, right? You take a fish yep. hormone or a fish gene and you put it into a tomato. The the idea originally was to solve world hunger, right, so that the vegetables would last longer. They wouldn't be sort of, you know, through the winters and stuff like that. You would have food to feed the whole world population. That's the idea behind genetic modification. But the reality of it is that what has happened is that most of the crops that are being genetically modified right now are actually being genetically modified with pesticides. So um, the biggest one is glycosophate. I probably said that wrong. 
And um, I'm sorry, my daughter, of course, is in the background. (laughs) So, um, so corn and wheat, uh, not wheat, corn, soy um, are one of the biggest things that are genetically modified. So almost all of the soy in the market is genetically modified. And um, this is pe- this is a pesticide. So when you eat corn that is not organic, you're eating pesticides, right? So if this is made to explode the stomach of a of an insect, what is it going to do to us, right? Exactly. Um, and, and and the other problem is that that corn corn is actually a, a, a base for a lot of the foods that we consume, like sauces and this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, but on top of that, okay. So let's say the science. The science is that it within the context of the United States, right? They're saying that um, that is safe, right? That you can eat it because of this idea of substance equivalency. So they say we haven't actually altered the food enough for it to not be genetically similar to what it was originally, right? Um, So that's the idea. But, okay, so if we say, all right, it's fine, genetically modified food is healthy, right? If we say that, which according to Europe and uh, 20-something other countries is not, they've banned genetically modified food, right? Um, But... um, if we say that it's healthy, there's another issue. There's the politics of it. And the politics of it is that, um, you know, corn is native to Mexico. It's native to the Americas, right? So okay. then it becomes the ethical aspect of it, right? So after the signing of NAFTA, you have American farms going to Mexico and, all, and different places in America, and they're planting their corn which is, in, in effect, killing the native corn in Mexico. The, the, and not just that, but it's cheaper. So this is what you have with Chiapas, um, uh, having the sort of revolt against the World Trade Organization in 94. And then gotcha. you have farmers in India who grew BT cotton. Cotton is another thing that is highly genetically modified, and we eat it in cottonseed oil. Um, farmers committing suicide because they're promised by Monsanto that they're going to make a ton of money, but what ends up happening is their livestock dies when they eat the genetically modified corn. So the livestock oh, wow. is dying, or I'm sorry, the genetically modified cotton. So there, there, was, there was droves of farmers in India that drank the BT, like they drank the pesticides because they were absolutely bankrupt. There's that. There's wow. the element of, one, is it healthy? Two, it's damaging farms, small family farms in, in Mexico, in India, and in other places, you know. And then there is the element of seeds, right? So, food, like, the, the seeds that are made by companies like Monsanto and DuPont, they, um, they can only grow once. They can only germinate once, right? Yeah, so, so the, the genetic dead ends. Yeah, exactly. So you grow BT cotton, that's it, once, and then you have to keep buying it, and you have to keep buying it, and you have to keep buying it, which creates this, it just furthers the poverty that exists in the countries that are buying it, right? Wow. And then there's another 
political issue on top of that. There were a lot of family farms in the United States that, let's say, you know, let's say Papo has a farm and you have a farm, right? You grow do, organic seeds, right? <laughs> and Papo's growing Monsanto seeds, right? So one day there's a nice wind that goes. Papo's seeds wind up on your farm, right? Now yeah. your farm starts growing genetic modified, whatever, right? Monsanto's dudes come to your farm, they test your crops, now you owe them money because your crops are, have their patented seeds on them. This is one of the ways that family farms in the United States have been totally pulverized and eliminated is that tons of them have gone bankrupt. They have effectively been sued by Monsanto because wow. their seeds are in their farms from cross-pollination. So let's say they're healthy. It's still totally and incredibly screwed up. Right. Unethical so I, and uh and profit mm-hmm. uh geared process. I got you. I got exactly. you. So that's that's a very interesting uh definition of GMOs uh, for those of you who are listening. Um so let's talk a little bit about our culture as people of color, specifically, Latinos, African Americans. What are some of the roadblocks that we hit in terms of our eating habits? Um, I would say part of it is Food is such a deep part of our culture, right? I know growing up with a Puerto Rican mother that whenever there's a problem, they want to feed it away. And, you know, there is the issue of where our food comes from, right? So if we go back, like I said, I'm a social social scientist, I'm a researcher. So let's go back to the research of where our food either comes from, right? Our countries were colonized by Spain, Europe, different places, most of the food that we eat that is cultural, quote-unquote, our soul food comes from slavery, right? So that's why we have, you know, alcapurias and different kinds of food that is fried. You know, uh, most of the comida criolla, I mean, it's, it's what people have to do in order to survive living on plantations. Um, you know, rice and beans, you know, which is so very much a part of our culture, comes from slavery. A lot of the food that we eat, you know, like gizzards and chicken hearts and chitlins and all of that stuff comes from that history, right? So in essence, it has to be very high calorie, but it's not necessarily healthy. So when I talk to people first about let's let's get healthy, the first thing they're like, oh, you know, but what about my culture, right? So one of the things that I do, and that was that was how my first cookbook started, um, Live, which is Latin-inspired vegan and vegetarian eats. Um, it was to teach people, you can still have pasteles, and you can still have, you know, arroz con gandula, and you can still have those things, but let's take the sazon out, because that's marosonium glutamate, and it's affecting your body, it's causing inflammation, it's killing you, you know? Let's trade out, you know, the certain kind of oils that we're using for healthier oils, right? So there's there's, right. there's that, understanding the politics of why we even eat what we eat to begin with, you know? <laughs> I wish Artemis was old enough to join the conversation. <laughs> Are you still there, She's just yelling at me. Yeah, I'm here. I just mute when you talk, so... <laughs> She she wants me to run so, yeah. around the house with her. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Try to give me a couple of minutes. I won't keep you too long. <laughs> so, 
So we were talking about. <laughs> okay, you there? So yeah, I'm here. So, I'm here. Okay, so we talked a little bit about culinary culture. I know that um that you went through a very uh, uh pro- you know you went through a process of actually losing weight. You look amazing, by the way. Um, over the years that I've known you, um, talk to me about your particular struggle with with uh, your weight loss uh, and and being healthier. Like like talk to me a little bit about that process. What made you get to the point where you wanted to make a change and how you made the change? Okay, um, I'm very open in my blog about the fact that I struggle with anorexia throughout much of my childhood. Um, actually, to be told, and I also struggle with generalized anxiety disorder. So in 2007, I graduated college, and I had a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> and I wound up, I mean, it's real. We're, we're not having midlife crises anymore. We're having quarter-life crises because our lives are being delayed in the way that we're growing up now. So I'm also Absolutely. a very big advocate of mental health. Um, awareness. And so I had this quarter life crisis. I wound up having severe panic attacks um, to the point that I almost had to be hospitalized. Uh, I wound up on medication and I was numb by the medication. I don't recommend medication because it does numb you. I mean, some people it might help, but for me, it just numbed me. And after sort of the pill haze was over, I woke up and I was 45 pounds heavier eight months later. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and part of it, too, is when we talk about culture, that my mom said the problem. She was trying to take care of me, so she was just, like, feeding me and feeding me and feeding me because she was scared, you know. And so I'm grateful to her for, for taking care of me, you know, in the best way she knew how to. Um, but so the panic attacks, basically what I realized was that in order for me to get to the other side of anxiety, I had to look at what I was eating. I started doing research, and a lot of it was sugar. You know, I never really ate a lot of sugar, but um, if I do eat sugar, I'll have a panic attack within 45 minutes. Right. Um, exercise is also a way to manage that. So it was through mental health, like having to get myself together mentally, that I really started to make sure that I was eating properly, I was taking care of myself, I was exercising. And then, you know, it was also building that self-love. As a woman, you know, who who is curvaceous and, and within the context of the United States and the aesthetics of what a woman should look like, you know, I, I had to learn how to love my curves, how to accept that, you know, I might not ever be a size two, right, unless I stop eating, <laughs> um, which is not necessary, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I like to eat. Um so it really was. It became a process of I cannot live my life like this. I cannot be having panic attacks. I have a mission in my life, you know, and I want to help people be happy and be healthy. And I started with that as, as an academic tutor, and now it's become sort of like a health and wellness mentor for a lot of people. And really understanding that a lot of the mental health disorders that exist within the United States, things like ADD, ADHD, 
depression, anxiety. Um, they're a mix of a very poor diet and a lack of spirituality. You know. So. And we don't know. And we don't know. We don't know what these uh, these GMOs are doing. So I I kind of want to get into the next topic, which is probably what most people are on the listening to the show for. What is like? What are the misconceptions about eating clean? Is it possible? You talked a little bit before about being somebody who was on a restricted budget. Like, is it possible to eat clean on a budget? And how does one even start to think about eating clean? And what do they need to look for? And how do they look for it? And where do they go? Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So the biggest misconception, I think, is that that it, okay, it can be expensive, right? It can be, of course, right? But it doesn't have to be. Um, one of the the things that I do with the people that I work with, you know, I have private groups and I also have public groups and I work with individual clients, is teaching people how to plan, right? So if you want to eat clean but you don't plan, it's going to be expensive if you're going out to eat, you know, at what's so-called healthier restaurants. You know, the average person spends $30 a week, Um eating out for lunch, right? If you take those wow. $30 a week, you know, and this is in Jersey. It's probably more expensive than Manhattan, right? Um, exactly. So if you take those $30 a week and instead you put them towards your groceries, and what I do and what I teach my clients to do is Saturday you you drop up a meal plan, right? Sometimes it can be repetitive, but you can, you know, mix it around add different things, Um if you draft up a meal plan and then Sunday what you do is what I do, you pop up your jars, your food containers, and you cook your breakfast or your lunch or your dinner for the week, now you can feed yourself for those $30 for the week, you know? Um, it's it's doable. It just takes planning, right? And so one of the biggest excuses that I hear is I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. I work full-time, I'm a single mother, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm about to start teaching college in a week. If I make time, people can make time, right? It's a matter of of having sort of that dedication to yourself. And one of the things that I talk to people about is you have to look at being healthy as a process of self-care and self-love. It's not about losing weight. It's about feeling good. It's about feeling healthy. It's about changing the way that you even understand health. So one of the problems, I think, is when it comes to a lot of these sort of health and wellness trends, you have things like the paleo diet. You have Atkins. You have, you know, um, what is some Florida one or something like that, Weight Watchers. All of these things are based on fat, right? But it, in its essence, it's not true, Right? What people need to focus on is eating real food. Think about your grandmother, right? What did your grandmother or your great-grandmother eat? Because our grandmothers probably were already eating processed food, right? So if you think about what, you know, your abuela was eating in the montañas, she was eating food in its most natural state. When you get to that, right, you go to the supermarket, you buy quinoa or brown rice or uh, farro for the week or for two weeks, and you're prepping, it, it will be affordable. It's a lot more affordable than if you're going out to eat lunch every single day, right? 
So, it's, to me, it's definitely, since I started food prepping, I saved so much money. And think about how much food people waste. You buy groceries and you throw them in the garbage because you never even cook it. Um, so, <laughs> did I answer your yeah. question? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so in terms of, um, like, what are the... <laughs> She wants apples. <laughs> I think she's asking for the right thing. She's not asking for a Snickers. She doesn't know what a Snickers is. <laughs> doing a good job. So, so what are the supermarkets that you that you are shopping that are GMO, uh, non-GMO friendly, so to speak? So, I shop at Whole Foods, and during the summer, I shop at Farmer's Market, right? So, one of the things I do, too, is when I shop at Farmer's Market, I freeze. Like, so the Farmer's Market tends to close around November. Um, Like, they usually close the week before Thanksgiving. So the week before Not Thanksgiving, true. I go, I buy a bunch of stuff and I freeze it. Like if you get yourself a deep freezer, you can freeze things, and stuff like that will last six to twelve months in the deep freezer. Um, so I do that. I do shop at Whole Foods. Whole Foods, honestly, it depends on the neighborhood. I noticed that the richer the neighborhood, the more expensive the Whole Foods is. Um, but with Whole Foods, what I do is I shop in bulk. So they have amazing bulk sections, right? So instead of buying a bag of rice, that's a bag of rice, you go into the bulk section and you can, you know, they have these giant containers and you can weigh out the rice. And let's see, how much do you pay for like a 20-pound, let's say people eat like, you know, Carolina, right? Because that's what most Puerto Ricans eat, right, out of Carolina. (laughs) Pita (laughs) Rolls. Yeah. So how much is that? It's like what? $20 $20 for a 20-pound bag, right? I'd pay the same thing for organic rice. It's a dollar a pound, you Not know? True. So it's all, it's a lot of the stuff is the same price. It's just that people have this perception that it's more expensive, right? I'm not going to front. There are some things that are more expensive, right? But here's Absolutely. the thing. It's, it's, it's on the consumers, Right. We live in a capitalist economy. Let's be real about it. If we demand something, we will get it. If you stop spending money on genetically modified food, if you stop buying stuff that's not good for you, the market has no choice but to create things that are healthy. And that's what's happening. What's that? Now you yep. can, yeah, you go to Pathmark and they have organic food in Pathmark now. ShopRite has its own organic food line. Uh, stop and Shop has its own organic food line. Um, who else? Oh, another thing to a food co-op. If you live in New York, you don't even have to go to a supermarket. There's so many food cooperatives in New York City, and they're affordable, you know, and you get tons of vegetables. They come from the farms in upstate New York and other places, um, you know, and you'll get seasonal food. The only thing is we have to get used to, in some sense, is not having mangoes in December. Right? Or if you do, they're going to be frozen, you know, so you can buy them in the summer and chop them up and freeze them so that you can eat them in December. Right? But if you do want things that are out of season, it's going to be more expensive because they're coming from Bolivia or somewhere else, you know, so they have to, you know, you're paying for fuel and you're paying for other things as well. Right? Absolutely. I want to make, I want to make a couple of points. One of the points I want to make is that, yes, 
eating healthy could be more expensive, but my my experience has been that being unhealthy is actually more expensive. Because I pay a lot of medi- money for medication, for, you know, my test strips and my lancets and all the stuff that I need to do to manage my poor health. So uh, I think that, you know, for people who are not where I'm at right now in terms of my health, in terms of diabetes or or heart issues, you know, it could be much less to eat healthy. <laughs> the second thing I want to let you know is that I'm actually putting links in the uh, chat room for those of you who are listening on how to identify non-GMO foods. And I'm also posting up a list of New York food co-ops so that you have access to that information and you could look into it as well. I want to make sure that this is solution-based as far as our programming is concerned and that we're really having a conversation where you could take action. Um, And speaking of action, um, kind of segueing into what you do at OrganicMelinda.com, which uh, is an amazing website. I know that you mentioned before your book, and uh, let me just pull it up here. Um, You have an e-book bundle which is Latin-inspired vegan and vegetarian eats live too. And then uh, you have a bundle where you can get that and pumpkin spice and everything nice, local and organic recipes to keep you off the naughty list. So you can get both of those bundles for $23 on organicalinda.com. They're in ebook format, so you could pretty much look at it on your computer, your smartphone, your e-reader, your iPad, etc. cetera. Um, and it's a secure transaction, so you could definitely get that there and share it with friends as well in terms of the link uh, on where they could purchase the same. You have a lot of different services on the website, and I kind of feel like in talking with you earlier that the website doesn't really say everything that you do. Like, Can you give us a rundown of your services and and what kind of uh, support services you offer people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My website is going to be overhauled (laughs) soon. So, well, one thing I want to mention is that if you go on my website, organicmelinda.com, and you look at the left link, there's something there that's called happiness tools. So these are sort of, it's a list of blogs and different resources, absolutely free, of course, that people can look at. So I talk about, you know, um, you know, an introduction to GMO foods, how to identify GMO foods, um, and also other tips, because like I said, I'm an advocate for mental health. Um, and you know, one of the things for me is, of course, how to eat to live better. Um, so another thing I do is right this year I started this class called 28 Days to a Better You. Right now I have six amazing um, women who are in the class. And it's amazing because Francesca's in my class. And I started, Organic Melinda started because of her. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, I, I love Francesca, you know, by the way. Francesca is yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's, awesome. she's an amazing person. So, um, so with a class, this is a this is a paid class. You know, I teach people how to plan, how to eat properly. You know, we exercise together. There's tons of accountability. Every day, I send you a post. I'm like, this is what we're doing today. And then, of course, the support the women and men. You know, there it's open to men too, but. Maybe men don't feel comfortable sometimes being trained by a woman. <laughs> we can talk about that in another show. Um, yeah, but right, that's, that's coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's what I do. I, I teach you how to eat and live healthier, and 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 actual ways to do it. Right? You know, it's one thing to be like, oh, do this, this, and this. It's another thing for somebody to be there every single day, like, hey, how are you feeling today? And so one of the main things with my classes, like I said, is I, teach, I talk to people about self-love and self-care. 
especially women who are postpartum. So that tends to be a lot of the people that I work with. Um, a lot for me is body acceptance, is learning to love who you are today and working to improve your health. Not it doesn't a lot of, you know, there's this whole like beast mode, no excuses movement happening, which really just leads to injuries and people hating who they are today. And that's where wow. I bring in that mental health element, right? That this is an act of self love. Every time that I eat food, am I loving myself? Am I nourishing myself? Or am I engaged in the act of violence to my body? Right? Because when you eat McDonald's or or, you know, something crappy, you're you're rendering violence to your body. You can't see yourself, but think about when you feel bloated. Your organs are also inflamed. You are injuring your body, right? So it's it so it becomes an act of self-love to eat better. It becomes an act of self-love to take 30 minutes out of your day and exercise, right? And this is how I posit it, you know? So I do that with, with the women, and it's amazing. Um, they're happy. I'm so humbled by the experience. Even one of the women in my class used to be my high school teacher, you know, and it's just amazing that I'm mentoring the people who have mentored me. Um, and then I also have a six-week course that is through Facebook. Um, it's on my site, too, on the home page. And it's, that one starts February 1st. So for six weeks, you know, I'm there. You can ask me questions. I post information. You know, I teach you, you know, some of the basics of, of living healthier and eating healthier. And then, you know, I also work with people one-on-one. Some people kind of want to be private. They don't want other people to know their business. So Absolutely. I work with them, and um, always confidential. You know, I never post anything about my clients without their permission um, and things like that, you know. So for me, it's really, I'm in, I'm in the work of healing. That's how I see what I do. We're healing, right? We're healing bodies that have been colonized and, and told through centuries that we are not worth what we are, you know through food, and through different habits. So it, it becomes a re-education of the self to, to learn how to cultivate self-love three times, four times, five times a day, however often you bring a fork to your mouth. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I want, I, I want to let you know that um, the events that uh, Melinda just uh, mentioned are on her website at organicmelinda.com. And you go to the event section, and she has a calendar that's uh, that's rolling right now from January all the way through March. So you can find out all the different things that she's doing and how you can connect with her. Her email address is organicmelinda at gmail.com, and you could uh, engage with her directly and have a conversation about what your goals are, and she could point you in the right direction as to how you could achieve those goals. Um, before, before we... we End the show. I, I want to make sure that we walk away with some actionables. So I want you to think uh, uh, of the busy professional mom that has maybe one or two kids at home. So she's full-time mommy, full-time employee, and she has to come home and, and, and still take care of business. Give me maybe three or four tips, bullet points, of what she could do to make small changes that are going to be, I guess, beneficial in the long term. Wait, you just described me, so 
Uh, I figured that, but I, I didn't want to say you specifically. But there's so many women. Right. I know some of the women that are on the on the show right now. They're texting me privately, and I have a lot of private yeah. questions that I'm going to get to in a minute. But um, absolutely. but definitely, definitely, they're they're in here, and uh, and they're, and they're just like you. So absolutely. First things first. Wake up half an hour earlier every day and exercise then. Okay. Um. You're never, I'm going to be straight up and honest, if I wake up and I don't exercise when I get home, I am tired and my daughter is like she's right now holding my hand, mommy, 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 right? So, as you heard her. <laughs> so, <laughs> exercise, exercise before you start your day, right? Um, and, I, you know, I provide people with exercise materials and plans and things like that, too, right? So, and YouTube is a great resource, you know. There's tons and tons of workouts on YouTube, too. Um, so that's the first thing. You wake up, get up out of your bed, brush your teeth. Even if you work out for 15 minutes, it's a start, right? And that's, that's the first thing. You have to, if your schedule is crazy, you have to make it the first thing you do during the day, right? The first week is going to be hard. The second week, it will be much easier, the first week that I started waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning to exercise, I snoozed every single day. The second week, I was able to wake up, right? That's one. So start your day with exercise. Two, you have to plan on the weekend. When you have free time, you have to plan your food for the week. That's another thing that I can help you with, right? Um, three um, is self-forgiveness, right? Um, starting every day fresh. So this is something that I deal with my clients. They 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 eat well for two weeks and now one day they eat bad or, you know, one day they don't exercise and then it becomes a spiral because they're so used to it as women feeling guilty about eating and not being healthy. So that definitely practice self-compassion, self-forgiveness. You know, every meal is an opportunity to um to to start over, you know, every meal is an opportunity to eat well. If you ate McDonald's for lunch, that doesn't mean that you screwed up for the day. Eat, eat something healthy for dinner, right? You're, you're still healing your body. The fourth thing I would say is incorporate your child into your healthier lifestyle. Artemis has her own yoga mat, and she has her own set of dumbbells. They're one pound. So, <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, so... Actually, sometimes I feel lazy, and she's like, Mommy, let's exercise, let's exercise, right? Because if we're talking about healing ourselves, we have to make sure that our children are incorporated in that process, right? So that's it. So I guess to recap, one, start your day off with exercise. Two, plan. Three, self-compassion. Four, incorporate your children into your routine. And if you need help with any of that, of course, I'm here to help. So now you haven't gotten to this point yet because Artemis is pretty much with you uh, at home all the time, and she hasn't gone to uh, to school yet. But she's in she's in daycare. Yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is she's not at the point now where kids are coming in with potato chips and candy bars and things like like that. Oh, uh, no, have you dealt with any clients? <laughs> have you dealt with have, have you dealt with any clients that have children of that age that are struggling with the peer pressure of like? Maybe them coming into school with apples and and dried fruit, and then the other kids uh-huh. actually having you know junk food and cupcakes and things like that. Mommy. Absolutely. Um, actually, I struggle with it myself since I separated. 
from her from her father, um, we have very different eating lifestyles. And so I I struggled. There was a time actually where, you know, and and I can still about my clients too, where Artemis did not want to eat healthy food. So this happens around age two, three. Kids are very, become very picky eaters, right? So um, one of the things that I tell parents is do healthier options, right? So let's say your kid is in preschool and you have a menu. Um, get the menu from the school, right? Find out what they're eating every day, and then you can create healthier options of the food. So if they have usually Fridays, let's say it's pizza day, right? Most likely you're, okay, so here's the reality of it. If your kids are eating food in school, they're eating genetically modified food, straight up. There's no way around it. They are. Um, you can, you know, start making pizza at home, right? You can buy healthier cheeses. You can make your tomato sauce from scratch. You can get healthier versions of, you know, the the dough, you know, and then you can sort of begin to incorporate that into their lives, right? Because there are certain gotcha. things that you can't control, right? There's certain when your child is not with you, you can't control what they eat. You can try to, but you can't. So that's something yeah. I even do with my daughter is like she likes she loves sugar. I mean, what two year old doesn't, right? So she likes cupcakes and things like that. So I cook things from scratch. On the weekend, you know, and I make it for her. So instead of her having, you know, Betty Crocker uh, frosting, I make frosting out of coconut milk, you know, at home, Ah. like the full-fat coconut milk. You throw a little vanilla extract in there. So what you do is, let's say you take the coconut milk, you put it in the refrigerator, and the fat from it rises to the top. You scoop that out. You put some vanilla extract and cinnamon on there. You have frosting for a cupcake. You know, so it's a matter of of learning how to be able to allow your children to experience what their peers are experiencing in a way that still is healthier, right? So, you know, you can make them pancakes, but you make them healthier pancakes, you know, things like that. So that, when I say it's healthier, right, because that's, you know, there's there's only so much that we can control as mothers, right? Um and you know abuelos and abuelas, they love to give your kids junk. So <laughs> um, I think too is being patient and realizing that you begin to set the groundwork for them and as they grow they will make better choices. And being honest with them, telling them something's not healthy. Yeah, um, I know. And then sometimes, Yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say that sometimes, you know, in uh, my generation anyway, our grandparents don't really have a concept. I think it's really weird. When they were in the campo, they ate healthy because they grew their food. They grew their food, and, and my grandmother specifically, her father was a butcher. So they had, like, you know, like the best meat in town, you know, at, at my family's house. And when my grandmother came here to New York, I don't think that she really kind of translated the healthier eating habits from the island when she came here. And uh, just recently, I was on vacation a couple, well, actually more than a year ago. And I'm, you know, I ask for eggs every morning when she makes me eggs. I love, just love the way she does eggs. So after three days of eating eggs, she's like, "Papi, yo no quiero que tú comas eso. I don't want you eating that." She's like, "That's not good for you. Eso es alto en colesterol." 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So she was like, I'm going to make you something else. So I get back to the table. After 20 minutes, she made me a grilled cheese slathered with butter mm-hmm. with, like, five slices of cheese. And I'm like, that's really better. <laughs> like, so, you know, so sometimes it's like there's a lot of misconceptions and stuff like that. And I think our generation, or my generation specifically, I think we struggle because we kind of grew up in this fast food culture. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you know, and, and we're busier as a result of, you know, trying to keep make ends meet and, and trying to take care of our children and living, like, a lifestyle that, that's, like, 16-hour work days and then coming home tired and sometimes even mm-hmm. moonlighting. And, and we don't mm-hmm. take that time. And my biggest struggle personally, Melinda, and I told you this before in private, is the planning piece. The planning piece is the worst piece. I can get to the gym more often than I can plan my meals. You know, mm-hmm. like seriously, like if my life depended on it, <laughs> which it does. It does. Ironically, <laughs> enough, ironically enough, it does depend on it. But mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I struggle with all the time is the planning of the meals. I feel like the mm-hmm. days that I, the, the the weeks that I tried to do it. I feel like I throw away food, and then I get to a point, too, and, I, and I'm not sure how you deal with this with your clients, but I get to the point when even I do plan a, me- a week worth of meals and I mix it up and I get stuff that I like and everything, at halfway through the week, I don't want to eat that stuff anymore. Like, I look yeah, at it like it's been sitting it. there. Ha- it happens to me, too. So part of it, too, is, like, um, I think that sometimes it, 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 it's a psychological process too, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding that we're eating to live, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy your food, right? But it's understanding. Like, you know, today I made my meal plan and I posted it in my group for my clients to use it as a reference as they build their meal plan. And I was like, I cannot eat quinoa this week. Like, I am so fed up with quinoa. Like, I don't even want to look at it, Right. <laughs> Um, because as I'm a vegan, so quinoa is one of my main sources of protein. But I was like, I cannot, food. yeah, I was like, I cannot look at quinoa this week. So it, it it actually forces you to be a little bit more creative and think about other ways that you can cook food, right? So if you take, for example, chickpeas, like garbanzos, right? Like the, mm-hmm. you can make hummus out of them. You can bake them in the oven. You can you can eat the same kinds of staples, right? Because this is another way that you eat in, on a budget is that you have to have staples of food that you eat on a regular basis, kind of, you know. But you play with spices. You play with different textures. You play with different things, and that's how you can, you know, kind of get it. And being honest with yourself, too, right? Sometimes, like, let's say you can change up a vegetable, and it actually changes the whole flavor of the meal. Um, but planning is the, is, is the primary way, right? Because this is one of the things, like, I had a client... She lost seven pounds the first week of my class, right? And so she was like, I can't believe it. You know, she had been working out. And then she said to me, well, I thought that as long as I exercise, I could eat whatever I want, right? Which is one of the myths, right? Um, but actually 80% of, like, your physique is what you eat, right? So if you're not eating healthy, you could exercise for two pounds. You're not going to feel or look or healthy. You know, you can actually achieve yeah. some kind of physique, but um, you're not going to be healthy, right? So you will see, you know, you have a lot of people who look physically attractive, you know, or not to say that different bodies are not attractive, but they look physically fit, but their body has no nutrients, right? And then, yeah. so that's really what it what it goes to is, you know, if, if you take the time to watch, Let's say, Mary, you know, Jane the Virgin, right? I love that show. <laughs> if you take the time to watch 
if you take the yeah. time to watch that, you can take 30. It takes 30 minutes to, to do a meal plan. So that's part of it, too. Is and, and I think, too, I think people get overwhelmed by the process of meal planning. So talk to somebody. You know, I, I'm always welcome to just send people a sample meal plan and, and help them through the process so that they can, you know, they can learn. Because that's what I'm here for. Like I said, I started Organic Melinda as a free service. I was just like, y'all, we need to fix this, you know. Like, I don't want my people dying any more than we already are. So, Absolutely, you know. and that's exactly why we're doing this show. Now, now, Melinda, I want to thank you for your time tonight. But more importantly, I want to let you know that you have an open invite. If you ever have anything that you want to share with the community, whether it be a new class, whether it be a new resource that you have available, if you just want us to share your blog during another health-related talk for something that's related to the topic, you always have a home here. Wonderful. You always have a home I do. Here. Um, I do want to say on February. I'm going to have, um, on February, I'm, I also have another business. It's called Postpartum Rehab, which is a collaboration with a therapist named Yarisa. Um And we're going to be teaching a class. Sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to be teaching a class tomorrow. And um, it's, it's going to be, you know, geared towards, you know, helping mothers learn how to sort of live healthier. There's going to be a mental health after. And um, there's also going to be the, you know, I'm going to teach, talk to people about meal planning and things like that. So they can just, you know, sign up to my listserv on my website right at the top of organiclender.com. There's an option, you know, to sign up to receive more information. So that will be in February, and I'll be posting more about that too. And it's a community workshop in Jersey City. And we're actually looking to do those in different cities as well. So we're in the process of, of planning that out for the year. Absolutely. So we did get a couple of questions in the pri- my, my private chat, but there are questions that you already addressed in different parts of the show. And it looks okay. like the people who are asking the questions came in a little late. So I'm going to encourage anybody, you can get this show on demand on blogtalkradio.com or, or on iTunes uh, by And her email address is organicmelinda at gmail.com. She also has a website called byebyebabyfat.com. That's cute. Um, and like I said, reach out to Melinda. She's very, very um, selfless. She's very giving. I've known her for many years, and I know that she is definitely somebody out there willing to help you and guide you in the right direction, uh, whichever way that might be. Now, some of the services may be free. Some of her groups and support groups may be free, but there are some services that are worth investing in if you're really looking to be uh, and lead a healthier life. Like I said, you know, medication and treatment is a lot more expensive than doing the right thing. So hopefully you'll take an example from me. You know, I'm really working really hard on trying to be healthier uh, with the setbacks that I've had. And, you know, I learn a little bit every single show that I do with every single community builder that I get on. Any, any last words? Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. I just wanted to say, um, you know, honestly, other than the fact that I contracted dengue in Puerto Rico, <laughs> which I have no control over, I haven't been sick in years. I don't get sick, you know, and that's one of the things that's important to understand, that the food that we eat, you know, will either allow us to be healthy or not. 
you know, and most of the ailments that we struggle with can actually be remedied through certain foods. Um, so, and, you know, I also post about that on my blog and on Instagram and everywhere, you know. So there's, there's a lot of information out there for anybody that is interested in learning how to eat healthier. Any any shout outs before you go? Any shout outs? <laughs> yeah, we're, I don't we're, know. We're still a little hood website. here. <laughs> Visit the website. You heard it. Thank you so yeah, much. Sorry, my baby's having a meltdown now. <laughs> All right, well, you have a good night, okay? There you have it, mi gente, Melinda Gonzalez. I apologize for the background audio. Um, Artemis was, uh, you know, she was uh, interested in talking to us a little something, too. <laughs> she wanted her mommy's attention. Um, before I go, I want to give a couple of shout-outs. Um, I want to, first of all, shout-out Team Capicu. Um, as you know, 2015, we're entering our eighth year as a team, and uh, we're doing a lot of lot of amazing things. Um, so I want to shout-out Team Capicu. I want to shout out La Sopa NYC, who just recently did their uh, their first show at the New Yorican. Um So the students from the School of Poetic Arts are getting out there and they're starting to move into the open mic circuit. So we definitely want to give them a shout out. Uh, give a shout out to our boy Taino Image, who yesterday, uh, who actually he's done, he's been doing a lot of things lately, uh, painting a collage. Uh, he had a Sunset uh, Park open mic yesterday, which was very well attended, uh, which was an amazing event. Uh, he got together a bunch of uh, Latino poets uh, and painters. Um, we had a live painting event uh, at SEV Lounge or Sev Lounge in Park Slope or Park Slope Sunset Park borderline. Um, the event was very well attended, had a lot of great poets uh, in attendance. Um, the artists from Art Culture NYC were in full effect, live painting at the event. So if you want to see some of those pictures, you can go to Capicu Culture on Facebook and check out some of the pictures or go to our Instagram. We have lots of pictures on our Instagram of, of some of the things that we have uh, done over the last couple of weeks, which has been a lot. Um, I also want to invite you, uh, on February 13th, we're having our Capicu Culture, our Love Your Culture Month. Um, as many of you know, um, Piri Tomas passed away a couple of years ago, but um, his last performance was at Capicu at a, in a show that we did that was celebrated Afro-Latino culture called Love Your Culture. Um, that was his last performance in life, um, and uh, we pay homage to him every year in February, and we kind of uh, make sure that we um, that we honor him, you know, in, in that vein. So this February 13th at 7 o'clock, we'll be at Brooklyn House, which is right behind the Evil Olive Pizza Bar, and we will have Jamal St. John as a feature. We'll have Cindy Peralta, the Black Angel, who is also a SOPA student, um, who's just rocking open mics everywhere. And we'll have live painting by Ralph Serrano from Art Culture NYC. So it's going to be a really amazing event. Um, doors open at 7 o'clock. It's a $10 cover. Uh, DJ Cocotazo will be spinning, and we'll have our popular monthly uh, People's Open Mic, which is a staple of the Capicu Open Mic uh, experience, where we have poets come from all over New York City, especially from the Bronx, to uh, to get on the mic and uh, and express themselves. So, again, that event's going to take place at uh, our old home with a new name, the Brooklyn House, which is located in the back of the Evil Olive Pizza Bar. 
Doors open at 7 o'clock. The open mic list closes at 8 p.m. So you have to get there early if you want to get on the mic. It's at 198 Union Avenue between Broadway and Montrose in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, 18 and over, $10 coverage. Cover, uh, G-Train to Broadway, J-Train to Houston. And uh, this event is co-sponsored by Wendy Angulo Productions, who is our new uh, strategic partner. We uh, made a big announcement uh, in the beginning of the year that we were going to be working very closely with Wendy Angulo and trying to bring a higher level of cultural events uh, to the local community. So big shout-out to her. Big shout-out to Gina Rodriguez for winning the uh, the Golden Globe for Jane the Virgin, where I know we mentioned her earlier in the show. And what else? What else? Big shout-out to Hispanicize. Make sure you go to HispanicizeEvent.com if you're planning to come down to Miami. Um, the uh, hotel, the block of hotel rooms are open right now for the Hispanicize discount, so make sure you lock it in. We're going to be at the Intercontinental from March 16th to the 20th. Um, it's going to be big. Follow Hispanicize or H-I-S-P-Z-15 for more information. Uh, big shout-out to my man Omar Lopez from Omar Lopez Photography Studio, uh, always supporting Copy Cool. Uh, did great work with us over the last couple of months uh, in Texas and then all the way back to New York uh, with a big promotion that we did for the holidays. So visit him at omarlopezphoto.com. That's omarlopezfoto.com. Check him out. Um, very professional photography studio. I recommend them highly. Um, and a big shout out to my boys from Primo TV Installation. Primo TV Installs are doing flat screen TV installations for 149, including cables and everything in the mounts. So definitely check them out on Instagram. Um, if you go to the CapiculCulture.com, I'm sorry, CapiculCulture Instagram account, you'll see some information about Primo TV Installs. They're, they're doing their thing out here in Brooklyn, Five Boroughs. So definitely check them out. Again, our guest, I want to thank our guest, Melinda Gonzalez, for sharing so much of her uh, personal experience with us. You could check her out at Organic Melinda, Healthy Living with a Latin Twist. And hasta la semana que viene. Next week, we're going to be talking to an entrepreneur who also has a healthy uh, twist to her, her business model. We'll be talking to Tanya, and Tanya is from Coquita Chef, um, and she's a Latino foodie that uh makes the best coquito ever. <laughs> she she makes one of the one of the two best coquitos that I've tasted in New York that's healthy. So we'll be talking to Tanya uh Lopez uh next week and uh her website is Coquita Chef and you can follow her on uh Twitter at Latino Foodie. We'll be talking to her and she'll be sharing the journey of her business and how she's building her brand and what she's doing in the community to help uh people eat healthier, specifically children. And uh, we'll talk about some of the projects that we worked on over the last couple of months in the Bronx. And, you know, it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, so it's a little bit of entrepreneurship, but a little bit of healthy eating and some more health talk. Uh, but definitely, if you have any resources that you want to share with us in, re in reference to health or healthy living, please tag us on the hashtag Proyecto Health. That's Proyecto Health, P-R-O-Y-E-C-T-O, health is the hashtag. Tag us on it. We'll share it on future shows. We'll share it through our social networks. We just want to make sure that we have the most information. and You guys are the best resource for that. So thank you so much again for listening. I really do appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this first show of the year. Uh, we have so many better things coming. Uh, I miss my uh, my co-host, uh, Nessa Va, Vanessa Acevedo, who will be joining me next week. Um, next week or over the next couple of shows, she'll be joining me. She has a special show that she's working on for you guys regarding mental health. So with that said, 
Mi gente, muchas gracias. And I will see you next Sunday at 8 o'clock. And you can listen to this show and every, any, any of our shows on demand uh, by going to blogtalkradio.com or hitting up iTunes uh, with Radio Copy going to search engine. Thank you so much and have a good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.